You're listening to the Opening Statements Podcast, brought to you by HyperChat Social, the podcast bringing you real lawyers and their real stories. I'm Laura. I'm Rebecca. I'm producer Evan. And this week, our guest is Eric Lang, a business law attorney for over 30 years. Eric is a lawyer who wears many hats, which we will get into. In addition, he has also served as an attorney coach for the Galloway School mock trial team and served as a statewide judge for the 2021 mock trial season, including the finals. Additionally, during Georgia's controversial and contentious 2020 presidential election and 2021 senatorial runoff election and this past election in 2022, Eric was a boiler room attorney who addressed voter suppression issues as they arose in real time on election day and early voting. Yes. And today, his most prestigious honor, he joins the opening statements podcast. Court is now in session. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, we have yeah. Oh, yeah. I was just saying, well, I had something real quick. Just, okay. So at the time of this recording, we are now like entering a runoff. Right? We are. Yes. Right. Very fair. Good point. So what uh, do you, what what do you find yourself in the position of doing still? Like, are you done? Have you done the work already, or is it like a process that you're still involved? That's up to me. Okay, they will call for volunteers for the runoff. The time period is shorter. It's a there's five days of early voting instead of fifteen, mm. so the need for volunteers is not as great. Mm. But we shall see. Huh. Interesting. So I'm going to ask and go vote. Go out. Go vote. vote. Right. Yes, I'm going to ask maybe. Uh, I don't want to say it's a stupid question because there are are no no stupid questions. Yeah, just stupid people. What do you do? What is your role as a volunteer in those types of situations? Okay. The title is called Boiler Room Attorney. Yeah. The concept goes back to before we were all sitting on Zoom together where a bunch of attorneys would be sitting in a large conference room answering phones as the calls came in and triaging what the issues were. Hmm. You've got the poll watchers, the people at the polls. Their job is to say X is happening, and they will then contact the boiler room, Hmm. and it will get routed to a particular attorney. It's divided by region. So a region could be Cobb County. A region could be 20 South Georgia counties. And for each region, there's a captain and seven or eight attorneys. And as the Issues pop up on the list. They show up on the screen. Whoever's not busy grabs an issue. You prioritize the issue as low, medium, or high, and then either handle the issue yourself. There's a a broken machine. How do we get someone out there to fix it? Mm. Or there are 15 police officers out front not letting people in, uh, which you would escalate up to the litigation attorney team to fight it. So Half the day you're you're handling small issues that no one else would handle. The other half of the day they're more interesting. Can we talk about some of the interesting, whether it's from this past go around or before? What's what's some of the craziest things you've seen pop the, up in the boiler room? There were crazier things during the 2020 presidential, mm-hmm. uh, the the Trump Biden election. Why was that kind of a heated time period? Yeah. I think it was a full. I think it was a full moon thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to go into any particulars because I'm yeah. not sure whether I'm allowed to do that non-disclosure and such. Okay. I will say that the party other than the one I was working for did have a number of people making noise and trying to encourage people not to vote in a certain mm-hmm. way. Um, and, and and we handled things like that. I will say that this election, and I've actually spoken to the people in the other party who do the same thing that I do, really wasn't much beyond the standard range of 
the machine is broken, okay. this isn't working, that isn't working, how can we move things along? So I got you. And so that's interesting. So each party will have their own boiler room. Correct. Each party attorneys. has its own poll watchers. Each party has its own team. This one I can tell. Um, we do an end-of-the-day check-in, making sure that everything's happened the way it should because you're working a 13-hour day, 6.30 oh, till it's over. And you text everyone who's at the locations, and I sent – you know, is there anything happening that we need to worry about at the end of the day? The response I got was, no, everything seems fine. The guy on the other side's here. Really, all that's happening is he's flirting with us, but that's okay. <laughs> oh. As long as okay. it's welcome. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I right? <laughs> um, like, head scratcher there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What got you into the field of law? It sort of happened by way of progression. Mm-hmm. Uh Junior year in college, I couldn't tell you what I was going to do. So I did what everyone who wasn't a potential medical student did. I took the LSAT. I did well on the LSAT. So that sort of told me that that's a direction I should consider and then followed that into going to law school and followed that into, well, I did well in law school. What will that lead me to? Mm -hmm. However, if you asked anyone I grew up with, to have predicted when they were 18, 16, 15, 12, what will Eric be? The answer would be he's going to be a lawyer. Really? (laughs) Argumentative? (laughs) Um, Analytical, those sorts of things. Interesting. If you weren't doing law, what would you be doing? Are we talking ability or desire? Mm, Both. 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 Well, I'd be be pitching, or at this point I'd be a retired pitcher. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Running a bar in Boston. the, 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 The genes aren't there for that. I would probably be one of three things, a law professor or other sort of professor, a rabbi, uh-huh. or, or a bartender, to your point. Yeah. Very, very different things, all four. Um, with, the ex- with, the ex- with the exception of pitcher, not really. Uh, they both involve a lot of back and forth and listening. Yeah. And a lot of research. It, it, it just, yeah. they all follow that, that common theme. I mm. can see that. So what got you into this particular field? So you do business law. What does that mean and how did you wind up here? Business law is kind of a broad description. I particularly do business disputes about 75% of my practice and what I call avoiding business disputes, the other 25% of my practice. (laughs) And I got into it, again, following a particular path. I did well enough in law school, and the economy is such that I had multiple offers to choose from at big firms. And you hear people say, oh, the big firm's this, the big firm's that. I loved the work. Uh, And so I started out in a big firm, which obviously is going to have a lot of business-related work, Mm -hmm. and grew within that. Yeah. Uh, Loved my work, made partner at the first firm I was at. Our entire group moved to another firm from there and just kept doing the kind of work I like to do, which which all – I don't want to say all, mostly had to do with business. Yeah. What kind of business disputes would those be? I'll start very generically. Um, You and your best friend started a business and decided that you trusted each other, and you really didn't need a partnership agreement. Yeah. Then, amazingly, there was a falling out years later, Um, and each of you contended that you owned 75% of the business. Um, which doesn't work mathematically. That, <laughs> yeah. that, that would be your, your simplest variety of a business dispute. Okay. Uh, another, you a math professor. Yeah. Like, look at you. Yeah. 
Another variety, uh, also along the ownership lines, but a little bit more complex, is stock purchase, securities, options, things like that. I bought this stock. I was defrauded into doing it. Or on the other side, uh, you know, I own more of the company than you say I do. These options should have been exercised and weren't. So that's a chunk of them. Okay. Then your your next chunk are contract cases. Um, mm-hmm. We were, we were contracted to do X, to build this, to design this, to provide these services. Well, you didn't do what you were supposed to do, so we're not going to pay you, or vice versa. Those are your, are your main types of disputes, yeah. contract, ownership. There are others. Yeah. Okay. Are those – do you do mostly deal, like, locally, nationally? A little bit of each. Right now, I've got one going on in Oregon – one going on in Delaware, one going on in Florida, and the rest are local. And the okay. rest are local. Yeah. Gotcha. Do you do, do anything internationally? I have. Yeah. Not not presently. Does yeah. that change things when it's international? Like, is it is it different compared to here? So I had something going on in Italy a number mm-hmm. of years ago, and we were talking about what the other side should do and how they should do it and so on and so forth. And I was in the room with a couple of Italian lawyers and my client who was Italian. And I had suggested that we send them a letter demanding that they do something within seven days, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely the letter I would send here in the States. Mm -hmm. They cracked up. They're like, why why would anyone do something in seven days? If you're going to give someone time (laughs) to do something, you've got to give them a month. That's why they vacation for months. So so, so you, you don't think culturally the mm. same way. Oh. Uh, and, and that really is one of the ones that sticks out that when you cross borders, you need to really be thinking. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that I wouldn't really have thought about that either. I, yeah, I wouldn't have thought about that angle of it. I would have been thinking, you know, are the laws different that you have to think through? You know, I, I something as simple as that, a seven-day notice. What the notice? Italians are, we're a silly people. <laughs> generally, uh, in the, and I'm speaking very generally, in the area that I deal with, mm-hmm. Most of the international work is going to be with contracts that have a choice of law provision saying U.S. law controls. Mm. So I would not get involved in a case where the law of not the U.S. Yeah, not controls. The, uh, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Very Makes interesting. Um, well, obviously you can't be an experienced lawyer without picking up a few interesting cases along the way. And here at Opening Statements, we want to break those cases wide open. That's right, Eric. Let's get right into it. So what is or has been, you know, you would say the most interesting case that you've had an opportunity to work on? Are you guys familiar with um, interest rate calculations? Yes. <laughs> No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is interesting, Sorry. right? <laughs> How about international arms trade disputes involving China, Taiwan, and a gun dealer in Atlanta? Please tell me that this is it. This is like, That's please tell it. me this is it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's I go. I told you. I told you. So this is the first case I ever had. How does I, that I'm come like, about? Yeah, let's just start there. I'll... I'll, I'll Lay it out. So I'm okay. sitting in my office. Sitting and this is 1990, which, which informs some of the things that, that, that will happen. Mm. Partner I'm working for hands me a binder about two inches thick and says, I need you to work up this case. It's a simple deal where okay. we were selling some stuff and the other side didn't pay. Two-count complaint for breach of contract. Have it on my desk. and two, you know Something like that. And so you've got the book in front of you. 
you don't have the internet to research anything about who the client is or who the other side is. You just have yeah, all the, the pieces of paper in the book. So you write the complaint, sale of goods and so on and so forth. Then you notice that the goods at issue are surplus AK-47 rifles oh. um, being sold by the commercial arm of the People's Republic of China's army to a Taiwanese-owned weapons dealer uh, in Atlanta. Okay. So far, so good, right? Yeah. Go to the next step. We get the counterclaim in, and the counterclaim says, no, this wasn't about a contract. We were in business together. The Taiwanese folks were in business with the Chinese government, and we were going to import MiGs, and we were going to import this, and we were going to import that, and it was a huge deal. But what happened was during the course of putting the deal together, the the, the um the weapons, there was a ban on that type of weapon. Mm -hmm. And so the AKs couldn't get imported. So this is why the Taiwanese did not pay the Chinese, I think it was $6 million or $10 million. It was a, a very large number, especially for 1990. Yeah. This thing keeps spiraling. Okay. Um, and ultimately, it ends up with the other side asking for our client's deposition now, our clients are Chinese military, this, that, and the other. Us saying, well, you have to go to China to take them. The other side said, no, we don't. You have to bring them here. The judge says, you guys are going to China. So uh -huh. I'm in my seventh month as an associate. Uh -huh. And it's the partner and it's me flying to China to defend depositions, uh, which is just fascinating. Um, now, ultimately, the case, like most cases, ends up settling. Okay. Yeah. But it goes on for about a year, and it is, forgive the metaphor, war. Um, <laughs> each side spending untold amounts of money on very large law firms, uh, beating each other up. So the problem with that is that it's the first case I had, mm -hmm. and there's no other case that has a sentence, China automatic weapons, you know, uh, yeah. you, you just, you just there, there's, there's no way around it. Um, so it's very hard to talk about interesting cases without starting there, hitting the carriage return five or seven times before mm -hmm. you get to the next one. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I just Evan, did, did, did we tell them? I think we nailed it. Yeah. Was wow. that your first time to China? <laughs> Indeed, yes. Indeed, yes. It was my my first Starting time. at the fine details, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Time, first time to China. Yes, it, yes, it was. Impressive. Been back many times since to pick up some new arms. And, not, not yeah. really. I'm sure my name is on a CIA list someplace. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Maybe I guess understand why those two locations were involved here. Was it the company just based on The – interesting question. There are two reasons it was here. One, the buyer, uh -huh. uh, the Taiwanese people, had incorporated a weapons dealership here. I'm saying weapons. A gun, a, a gun dealership here in Atlanta. Okay. And the other was that there was some amount of other Chinese money – coming to Atlanta for investment purposes, and they had set up a company here in Atlanta for that. So Atlanta was the location that worked in both instances. Was there – yeah, so it was just kind of happened to be Atlanta then? There wasn't like something specific about Atlanta? No, no. Not, not the same reason like all the Marvel stuff films here. <laughs> right. No, no. This was coincidence. Have, okay. Oh, 
Okay, so then what, first of all, what laws were even in play here? Because it wasn't quite two, the contract? Or? Two, two, <laughs> two sets of laws. Okay. The first set of laws was U.S. contract law. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what we thought the case was about. Yeah. The second set of laws was Chinese joint venture law. Okay. Um, the other side alleged that under Chinese law, they had agreed to a chetite. I'm probably not even close, but um, I think you nailed it. Uh, that was some sort of special creature under the law, and the debate it came down to which one was it going to be. Gotcha. But mostly, when we we got the case, we thought it was driven by American contract law and American corporations law. Yeah, and then you. Yeah. I mean. Talking about like taking the can off of that, or maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah, opening the can of worms. So there, where you're like, easy contract law. We've got this. Yeah, no, I thought I goods, thought I would unpaid. get. The, I had this little book that uh -huh. was two inches thick, and that would be my first big case. You know, yeah. Little did you know it would be the biggest case. That's right. That's would impressive. something have been done differently had you had the internet? Like you mentioned. I mean, I, 1990, you don't have it. But. It's hard to think of things as to what you would do as a first-year associate. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's say as a first-year associate, I had the internet. I looked it up and said, oh, my God, this, is, this case is about this. Would I have gone to my boss and said, I'm not taking this case? No, probably not. Probably not. I need a little bit of a bump. interesting case in your life. Well, it, it's more the surprise factor as you're mm -hmm. going through yeah. than anything. You know, everything that happens – you're learning for the first time because, you know, you, you can't find it out otherwise. Wow. That is very interesting. And I assume law school doesn't prep you for the surprise of, you know, oh, hey, your first case, by the way, is... Not at all. Yeah. Not at yeah. all. Might want to take a refresher course in Chinese Yeah. <laughs> or law. firearm law or really I mean, any sort of... Any... Have you ever had a case since that dealt with firearms? No. You're not like I a firearm like expert now. Oh. <laughs> it, one of the best things about practicing law, mm -hmm. the diversity of things you can become an expert in. Mm -hmm. I was for a while the most learned man in the country about the history of competitive bass fishing. Because? Because, <laughs> because there is a class action involving the Bass Angler Sportsman Society and I was the associate on the case and, I, and it involved the formation of it and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And so I learned everything there was to know about the history of bass fishing in the U.S. Was there anything surprising about the history of bass fishing in the U.S.? That there is a history of competitive <laughs> bass fishing in the U.S. <laughs> I went to the 1992 Bassmasters Classic, in fact. Oh. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Isn't it, I don't know if it was with bass fishing or not, but isn't there something like going on right now with all the cheaters where they were putting the weights inside the fish? Yes. Right? It, it's, not, it's not in the bass um, arena, but I saw that. Yes. They were doing like x-rays now of the fish because they were putting, yeah, they were like putting weights. in, yeah, metal or whatever, lid, I don't know, weights in the fish so that they would weigh more and they would, I guess, win or something. For, wow. Yeah. For, wow. for a couple of years, I was too much of an insider at the, regarding the Georgia lottery that I was not allowed to play. Our firm represented... <laughs> What? <laughs> the, 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 I told you I had You're stories. the most interesting I mean, man in America. Okay? <laughs> well, wow, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a sad thing for America. <laughs> the, the, the lottery's not run by the people at the Georgia Lottery. It's run by a technology company. Mm 
um, who has very large computers and generates random numbers in a very secure fashion and prints tickets and so on and so forth. There are a small number of such companies because there are only 50 states and not all of them have lotteries. When Georgia adopted the lottery, let's say 92, 93, 94, some, sometime back A lot back happened around. in that time in that of early your life. 90s. Right. And, and so our client was awarded the contract and another company protested. Long story short, we won the protest and our client had the lottery. Every so often as they came out with new games, um, they had to have a lawyer research whether that game could be legal under Georgia's lottery statute. And that fell to me for a couple of years. Really? Yes. So like all – just all the different like ticket style games that they have, the L- – Lotto um, – what's the one that they play in bars? Kino? Kino, yeah. Kino was the big one. Kino, Kino was, Kino was huge one. in the 90s too. Kino, Kino was the big controversy, can we or can't we do this? Because you couldn't determine if it was skill-based or luck-based, right? Was it like no, it, it had to do with the distinction between illegal gambling or permitted gaming. Oh, interesting. You know the difference? I don't know. A B and an L. (laughs) Gambling, gaming. Yeah. 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 Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's funny. slow today. (laughs) I didn't even realize Kino had been around that long. To be honest, I had a friend. uh, They were Brazilian, and they owned a Brazilian restaurant. I remember kind of like a bar when he first got the Kino game. I'm like, I've never even heard of this, man. Then people loved playing that Kino game. (laughs) But it, it it was crazy. But when I talk, when people talk about, oh, I hate the big firm. You get to do huge cases, and the huge cases, except the ones about interest rates, are very, <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. And I was able to take advantage of opportunity early on. When I came out of law school, the rates for a first-year associate were 75. Second-year associate was 90. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to be trained uh, by going to court, by trying cases, which is not necessarily the same today. So you weren't allowed to play the lottery. There's a statute that says if you are associated, affiliated, blah, 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 um, you can't play. Or it probably says you can't win. Um, yeah, But that's, that's long. I wouldn't play it anyway. Um, so Because you knew too much about it that you knew I, you were I knew, I knew just how good the odds were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wasting my money. That's – okay, this is great. I mean, do you have like another one you can throw at us? Yeah. Hmm, let's go a little bit more recently. Yeah. Because I'm just mind blown right I now. Right. I'm like, you could just That's talk about AKs, episode. bass fishing, and the lottery. You, Who you, would have thought? You have you haven't. Again, I was looking down your list. I think I'm the first big firm, either lawyer or mm-hmm. refugee, that you have dealt with. Yeah. Yes. And and so that truly changes um, what you're talking to. Let's go the other direction. And I'm going to have to anonymize this one to a great extent. In an really expensive neighborhood mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Two well-to-do people live next to each other. Okay. One a professional, the other in the real estate construction property business. Mm-hmm. Um, I represented the professional. Okay. The events go like this. Mr. Property wants to repermit his house, so he puts a little yellow sign out front. Mr. Professional ignores it. Permit apparently goes through. Mr. Property starts digging up the ground all the way 
to the property line. And mm-hmm. as you all can see on the radio, I'm following <laughs> the line in the middle of this table. Yep. Um, Use your imagination. And yes. going straight down cuts the roots of the trees that are along the property line. Okay. All right. These are old trees, and this is in a part of the city where there are tree ordinances. Okay. This, this is a thing. Yeah. Um, now, the first thing that should happen is property guy should knock on the door of professional guy and say, hey, I did this. That didn't happen. The second thing that should have happened or the second first thing that should have happened is professional guy should have – knocked on property guy's door and said, hey, you did this. Sure. Imagine if you were, the, instead of cutting trees down, it's a baseball thrown through a window. Mm-hmm. Hey, my kid threw a window through your, my baseball through your window, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's not what happens. I don't get into it. I'm a second lawyer involved. This thing goes on for four years. Oh, um, my. And ultimately ends after left turn, after left turn, after left turn, with um, professional guy prevailing, not because of anything that um, property guy did, but because the county didn't dot an I across a T, the county's decision um, was thrown out, leaving my guy in good shape. That case would have the potential because of where the property was to move the line of either side's value by about a half million dollars. Oh, oh wow! That's what, that's what, that, that's so it, the property issue is is interesting, but you know that that's within the last couple of years. Did uh, those trees die? No, um, oh. there were some interim steps that we that you know we forced them to pay for a fertilization. Pr- you know, yeah, it's, a, it's hard to kill an old tree. Yeah, um, although old because they, they, they yeah. <laughs> have you tr- have Same. you tried? <laughs> that's that's not, a not scary <laughs> opinion. Yeah, it's like, I'm not not try. You know, like just you know, if they were choking, would I step up? I'm, I'm, oh my god! I'm, I'm kidding. Have you tried chocolate? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> not intentionally, but my they dog found just it. A, a box of they're too big of to... chocolate donuts, and I was like, "Well, here Oops. we go. It's either going to be a nightmare of a mess for you me when I get home, or something, or." I did not. They were just on the table. I didn't. I did not You're realize really I was going to eat. You're really testing karma there, man. Nothing happened. I'm like, my dogs are invincible. Yep. Nothing happened. I was at least expecting. You're going to have them another ten years. Anyway, this is a whole That's other a whole story. Other. Yeah, gotcha. So, what was the issue? The issue was that he dug up to the property line and dug down and cut the roots of the uh, tree. He, other person's trees. Right. He, he, the issue was roughly: should he have known because there was a tree here? That there were roots here. Okay. Um, I mean. And if the tree's, you know, 50 feet tall, you're. You would make, yeah. Yeah, it would be long yeah. roots. But, but, but again, it's one of those weird things that, it, that, that you end up winning because of a technical reason. Yeah. Sure. So does that, did that require property manager to, to redo anything on his build? Or did they both kind of end up okay in the fact that professionals' trees didn't die? So he's Okay. And then property guy, did he still get to continue his work after he took care of the trees? So I'm going to give you a roundabout answer. Okay. College, I was taking a finance course. Mm-hmm. And 
the professor was going through something and it had to do with investment banking regulation. And someone in the class raised their hand and said, well, won't that have a negative effect on the investment bankers? The professor looked at the person and said, don't worry about the investment bankers. Oh. Don't worry about professional guy. Don't worry about property guy. <laughs> They're doing just fine. They're doing just fine. <laughs> 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 it's so interesting. But yeah, you're right. Just a technicality of somebody working in the county's office or, or whomever completely swayed that case yes. one way or the other. Things like that happen all the time. That's probably where your good investigative homework probably comes in handy. No, that was just dumb luck. That was just dumb luck. <laughs> <laughs> some, some, sometimes that's, that's what it does. Yeah, you're just like, oh, oh okay, cool. <laughs> we won. Is there, so, so obviously that case is a lot different than your first case you talked yeah. about. Is there something you have done specifically to like, say, like, you know, intentionally say, I want to take a lot of different cases or have a lot of different, wear a lot of different hats? Or is it just kind of how it happened? Because this seems uncommon based on you know, the other lawyers it, it, we talked to. I get two kinds of cases generally. Mm-hmm. First kind is the big firm for whatever reason can't handle the case. It's too expensive. They have a conflict with another client. Mm-hmm. It's a two-client case and they need someone to handle one client while they handle the other client. And those are – I'll use the word normal cases. Mm-hmm. The other set of cases I get – and, and everything I get is from lawyers, uh, and some from existing clients, is the this fits nowhere case. I have a case pending that has a securities law component, a legal malpractice component, a bankruptcy component, and a corp- it's got lots and lots of components in it. have you back on in a year to talk about this, Absolutely. or maybe four, I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking it might take longer. It, it came to me from a larger firm who said, look, for us to handle this case, we'd have eight lawyers on it, mm. um, just because that's how we're siloed, that's how we're specialized. Can you take the lead and every so often grab expertise in these areas? And we've had we've had I feel very comfortable saying we've had tremendous success uh, in that group of cases. Yeah, um, where they're really bringing you in to be the quarterback. Yeah, for them. and and you know we we had a six day trial in Delaware. We've had appeal arguments. The biggest thing we've had in that case so far is we got sanctions for frivolous litigation um, for the firm that brought the claim against my client. Um, and that that sanction can be up to million a million two, depending on how the court does the math. Um, and this thing made news. Uh, it, it was because of the, of the nature of the David and Goliath mm. um, part of it, and, and papers like to write about Goliath not winning. Yes, so. they do. Mm-hmm. They absolutely do. Um, is there big drastic differences between the laws um, state to state? Like, do you have to be well versed in basically? everything? You're supposed to take Louisiana out of this discussion um, <laughs> because they have an entirely different system of laws. Really? Generally. I've heard the same thing about yeah, Alabama. Yeah. Ge- no, that's just a different a different measure of time. It's still 1953 <laughs> there. Um, the, Bas- the Bass Anglers case was in Alabama. Um, so shock of course shock. it was. <laughs> shock is. of shocks. The Generally, there's, I'm going to say, an 85% overlap between states. Mm. But the 15% is not a consistent 15%. Uh, So if you're going to leave the state, you darn well better be associating yourself with 
someone in the state for two reasons. One, if you don't, you'll get in trouble for the unauthorized practice of law in the other state. And two, because you don't know the laws of that state. Um, You know, there, there are subtle differences and there are more than anything differences in how things are done. Say I'm going to take uh, the other side's deposition. Okay. Here in Atlanta, I'm going to do that at the other side's office. In Chicago, they're going to come to my office. There's no rule there. That's just you know how how it works. Other little things like that show up. That's a very. I mean, that's so almost minor in the grand scheme of it, but that you have to be aware of Mm -hmm. just those little differences. It came up in my career when I sent out a deposition notice in Chicago calling for the deposition to be at the other side's office. And my local counsel called and said, what, our office isn't good enough for you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. sorry. They have great pizza up there. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I want to catch a Cubs game. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by HyperChat Social, the attorney's social media marketing agency. From branding to lead generation, we have experts specializing in all areas of digital marketing, and we're ready to help you take your practice to the next level. Contact us today at 877-359-3399 or... Book a free consultation online at tryhyperchat.com. That's T-R-Y-H-Y-P-E-R-C-H-A-T dot com. Here at Opening Statements, we not only value the stories, which we have truly valued (laughs) this episode, um, but we also value, of course, the lessons. And we really try to foster a good learning environment for all of our loyal fans. That is so right. We want to teach people things that you can't pick up from just reading a book, but things that you actually learn through the experience of being a lawyer. Yeah, and I think you said something earlier that I kind of wanted to touch on that was a little bit different than what we've heard from some previous guests, just a different kind of point of view. You know, was really what was one of the most valuable things that you've learned or taken away because you had an opportunity to go and work at a big firm and get all all of these crazy different cases that don't look the same one to two to three. Um, So what would you say is just one of the most valuable things that you've had an opportunity to learn? It's a pretty broad question, and I can go in three different ways. Okay. And, and I want you to determine which one or all. What did I learn within my own career? Mm-hmm. What would I tell someone coming out? Yep. And what's the overarching message that covers all of it? Yeah, yes. And, and so those would be three different answers and so where do you want me to go? Let's start with your career yes. first. Um, just keep trying. Yeah. Um, you know, stick with whatever works in your head. Mm-hmm. The thing that I learned by the people who trained me was if you make the appropriate effort, you're going to grow. You're going to learn. You're going to enjoy what you're doing. Um, and, you know, this, is a, this also – rolls over into what I would tell someone coming out. Know yourself. Um, Know what makes you work. Know what makes you not work and stay within it. There was never a point in my career where I woke up in the morning and said, I can't do this anymore. Um, I have always loved practicing law, Uh, the analytics, the thought, the writing, the the, the oral advocacy, the helping clients, which I guess I should say first. Um, <laughs> it is his priority. But, but you know, I, the way I got into it, as we talked about before, was aptitude drove choice. I didn't wake up thinking, wow, you know, the 1% need help. 
Uh, I'm going to go help them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when are they going to get a fair shake? You know, it, 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 you know, if these people, if these people can't keep their millions of dollars, what, what will the world be like? That that's not how I approached it. I enjoy, and, and we talked when I talked about other professions, um, rabbi. You know, mm-hmm. what's a what's a rabbi do? Um, you know, you've got the studying of text and the extrapolation of text, mm-hmm. and you've got the listening to and helping of others. You know, it's it's the same basic thought process. The so that that really is know yourself is yeah. probably the most important thing I I took out of it. Now I can get more specific and say, well, Jack taught me that I should always come into court with a blank notepad and a folder and not much else. You know, there 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 are, there are, th- there are things like that. Do you that. still do that? Do you take that Absolutely. advice? Absolutely. Jack Jack was wonderful. <laughs> um, so there's a great Jack story. Um can I tell another story? Yeah, yeah. So th- th- this was actually well You've hit your story limit. <laughs> okay, the this is actually the appeal of the lottery case, and I was working with a guy named Jack Watson, who was mm-hmm. Carter's chief of staff and ran for Georgia's governorship. Oh, cool! Did not win. Um, he was easily the best courtroom lawyer I've ever worked with, and the lawyer on the other side uh, was a guy named Richard Sinkfield. I don't know if his name's come across. Um, James Earl Jones, basically, in terms of voice, in terms of appearance and stature. Um, Very respected lawyer. And the judge was William Hill, who I ended up practicing with at Paul Hastings later on. But a very respected judge. We are in the midst of argument. Mm -hmm. And the door opens and 25 sixth graders walk in. Okay. With their teacher. And going on and on, Hill stops the hearing. Says to the teacher, do you know what hearing you've walked into? It was the, it was the lottery appeal. Uh, and she says, I think I have. He said, do you think your kids understand it? She said, I'm not sure. He stops the hearing, tells Jack, tells Sinkfield, want you to give each of them your arguments in three to five minute form so that they know what the case is about. The they do it, and they make the point. The judge then makes the point. Lawyers get along. Lawyers can be professional. Lawyers can be nice. Now, I'm the kid lawyer for one of the companies. Because the state lottery is involved in the case, someone's got to be there for the state. Their kid lawyer is Harold Melton, recently retired Chief Justice of Georgia Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And he and I were remembering this a couple of years ago about what a, a formative experience it was. So that's one of my Jack Watson yeah. stories. Yeah. Anyway, so, you know. So cool. That is really neat. So, like, imagine being one of the, like, sixth graders. Like, yeah, I, became I mean, a lo- I would I, be looking like doe-eyed. They like, would, I don't know uh-huh. what I've watched. They do. would be 40 now. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm thinking of little leaguers I coach. That am I going to see them in court? You know, right. Do you you ever see a familiar face in court that surprises you? Like you're like, oh hey, John, that's what you've been up to. No, No. I mean you see the people you know. (laughs) Yeah. So you mentioned there's three tentacles to the way you would answer that question. So we talked about the General, career side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so let's expand on the others as okay. well. General advice to newbies. I have an expression. It's called, there's a way to be. Mm. Um, the story I tell for there's a way to be is you're in, in a restaurant 
and the waiter brings you the steak, and the steak is just completely wrong, and you send it back, and the waiter gives you no trouble about it whatsoever. That's the way to be. Then the manager comes over and says, I'm going to comp your dinner. That's the way to be. And you say no, because that's the way to be. And then the check comes, and your dinner's been comped, because that's the way to be. But you still give the waiter a tip, yes. because that's the way to be. Mm. Be nice. Yeah, okay? be nice. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to transition to the third prong, um, because being nice, even if you're not thinking about being nice, even if you're not thinking about not being a jerk, ends up coming your way in the end. I don't know if you got prepped on this part. Um, did they get prepped on this part? They got prepped, they on, no get prepped part. on this part. Okay. He does not prep us. Okay. I do something. <laughs> so I do a lot of speaking on a particular issue, and that is attorney suicide, uh, oh. which is a huge issue uh, in our practice. Oh, my. Um, the numbers for attorney suicide are, I'll go with higher than the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could go into detail because I'm very familiar with the subject. And the reason I am very familiar with the subject is, as I describe it when I speak, I'm a lot better lawyer than I am a pharmacist. Um, You know, when I took the pills and the glass of vodka, it Mm -hmm. didn't work. Um, This goes back to a part, a time in my life where, long story short, I had slash have bipolar disorder, but Mm -hmm. it hasn't been, hadn't been diagnosed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did some stupid things as a lawyer. Um, no, no animals were harmed in the filming of this. You know. <laughs> no dogs. Everyone's all right. Um, but I had to take a couple of years off. But before mm-hmm. all that happened, I tried to kill myself. Um, and, you know, so you take a couple of years off ethically. Yeah. You also are taking time away because your brain's broken, for mm-hmm. lack of a better phrase. And then you're taking time away because even though you're back officially – no one's really sure how back right. you are. Yeah. This is eventually going to relate to how much work can I take on? Yes. Yeah. But why does it relate to being a nice guy? I never thought about being a nice guy for any other reason than that just, you know, you, you should be. What you should do, yeah. The things that people around me did were just unbelievable. And the people who called me by phone and said, How can I help you? How can we do this? How can we do this? Best story. I had a client who was a doctor, and a young doctor, and had a bad breakup with the older doctor who he worked for. Mm-hmm. And I represented him, and I gave him the bill in 1990-something for whatever. And he said, Eric, I know what lawyers charge. This bill is low. And I said, this is the bill you need at this point in your business. Mm. Eric, I know what lawyers charge. This bill is low. Low bill. So we're 15 years later get an envelope in the mail from this client saying, Dear Eric, here's the rest of the undercharge from 15 years ago. Stop. Yeah. I mean, I, I, wow. I, <laughs> wow. I, I mean, and it pays itself forward. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just, th- th- there's a way to be. I was going to say, yeah. There's absolutely a way to be in the world. And one of the things that I do right now is I'm out there, I think I've given 20 speeches on this issue of attorney mental health and attorney suicide, most recently to, no kidding, a thousand lawyers um, for something that was put on by Zoom, but it, mm-hmm. it, 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 that the, the Supreme Court wanted lawyers to hear about it. Yeah. 
Um, and it was very, very well received. There was a, a judge in town who also attempted and, and obviously, you know, is still here. And okay, people yeah. are just, people are still replaying that panel uh, mm-hmm. because it was, it was so, we both have a sense of humor about it. We, you yeah. know, it's like, oh my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> very, very flip about it because that takes away the stigma. Right. So mm-hmm. career advice. Advice for the new ones and advice in general, just know what's going on in your head and ask yourself if it's normal. Yeah. Um, you know, ask, you know, ask others about it. Why do you think that that rate among attorneys is so high? Like I hadn't heard that. Like you hear about doctors because um, they're losing patients. Like why do you think that that number is – is it still on the rise or it, – it, It's it's a little high. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a couple of – theories, and, and despite the fact that people will claim to have an answer, there's no good research on this. Mm-hmm. One, I believe, I ask a question when I speak. Do you have to be crazy to be an attorney, or does being an attorney drive you crazy? It's a funny question, but it's a good question. Wait, fine line there. Yeah. I believe that, go back to aptitude driving choice, a lot of the attributes of bipolar disorder fit being a trial lawyer, mm. the concept of going full speed, stopping, getting the inspiration, um, stopping. Yeah. Are, are, do attorneys self-select into that area? Second, do we push ourselves too hard that our brains break? Mm. Um, I, th- I think that's some of it. Um, but you, know, you never can know because the one – the people who actually die, you can't talk to them about it. Yeah, right. yeah. Two, the people who have tried aren't talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the number of people who are actively talking about it, who tried, are, are, are just it's, – it's, it's too small a slice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all white men mm-hmm. uh, because we feel empowered. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's flip, but it's true. Yeah. Um, but I think that those are your two pieces. People are drawn to it and the pressure associated with it. I think that to some extent there is a stigma in place against getting help, against thinking you're having a problem. That's lessening, but it hasn't completely disappeared. Particularly, and I say, I'm going to quote a female attorney on this issue who I know attempted and won't talk about it. She's, can I say the B word? Yeah. You, okay. you can say whatever word you want. She said, I can't, I can't talk to people about it because then I'll be that crazy bitch. Mm. Um, you know, there, there's, there's, a, yeah. there's something out there. And as long as there is a fear of, you know, coming forward, what it might do for you, what it might do to you, yeah. people won't come forward, people won't get up. And my own personal belief is that lawyer litigators courtroom lawyers are in a situation where we don't get to believe that we have mental issues mm. if you are getting straight A's in high school and winning debate championships and yeah. getting straight A's in college your brain is wonderful and you've been told since you were 11 that your brain is wonderful and then you go to the big firm and you win this and you win this your brain is wonderful so if your brain is telling you on a daily basis should i kill myself today that's just part of your wonderful brain. Why would you care about it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's funny, 
as Homer would say, it's funny because it's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyway. So when you're doing these uh, these presentations, are you going after one, like raising awareness and saying that like, hey, your brain is wonderful, but that's not, you know, average and something that you should be seeking help? And then two, are there you know, resources for these attorneys. Because I feel like you, you're you in a very competitive industry where you're prone to be, one, you're probably prone to overwork yourself because you are competitive. Mm-hmm. And then, two, you're probably more prone to not ask for help because you don't want to be seen as weak because you're competitive and yeah, you don't show a sign of weakness. So main I, – I, I do it for three reasons. Mm-hmm. One, there's a giving back involved. I'm not back – unless the bar worked with me, unless attorneys around me had confidence in me to bring me back fully. And I'm doing now what I was doing before. There's no difference in my practice from now and 10, 15 years ago. Um, So one, giving back. Mm -hmm. Two is is the person who calls me, emails me, or comes up after and says, hey, I need to talk to you about this. Mm. Okay, Because the numbers are – if you speak to 50 people, you're going to have one or two. Yeah. And then three, there's this tension between the concept of wellness and illness. Mm -hmm. There are folks out there who correctly believe that a number of wellness steps, nutrition, meditation, yoga, mindfulness, list them, are good. And they are, except for the people whose steps include lithium, Zoloft, Lamictal, and these people, the, 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 the ones that are sending the good message on wellness, need to be balanced by the ones focused on the far extreme. Mm-hmm. Or else vulnerable people will be thinking, well, I was mindful and I did yoga today, but I still feel whatever. I must be, you know. So. Yeah. Wow. Um, we talked a lot about the different cases that you've had, and there's been a wide variety how do you make the decision, especially as it pertains to like your mental health, how many cases you can take on at a certain time? Is there a limit? Is there just knowing yourself? Do you? Yes. What there, do you there, do? There, there are two limits. Uh, the first limit is what I call the 50-50 rule. Half of my cases, I can be lead or only counsel on complex, hard cases that I love. Mm-hmm. Half. The other half have to be smaller, less complicated cases or cases where I am working with other attorneys and they have to deal with the client stress, the payment stress, and so sure. on and so forth. Um, and there's, there's, that's a hard thing to do because my revenue on the half that's mine is meaningfully higher than sure, the other yeah. half. Um that's limit number one. Limit number two, an attorney can never say, okay, I'm going to work 40 hours a week. It's just it's not what we do. But I can think that I can shoot for a 40-ish hour average and that if I'm going to try a case in week one and that's going to be 80 hours, I know I need to go lighter in week two and week three. Mm. So it's a time limit and it's a task limit. Wow. Because that's a – I mean – I, I don't even know how we all have the same amount of time in the day, but I don't know how you must have some extra. Like, <laughs> I just don't know. Well, ever ever since I, ch- I chose the home office route, you know, that saves a couple hours of, on the road. Sure. Without a doubt. Yeah. There you go. 
All right. Well, with that, we're going to take us into our final segment here on the show. It's a segment that we do aim to try to put you in the hot seat a little bit. It's our biggest it's, goal. It's our closing arguments. That's right. We're playing a game of plead the fifth. Okay. We're going to ask you three hard-hitting questions, okay. hopefully hard-hitting questions, and you can only pass or plead the fifth on one of them. Okay? You ready? Okay. If I don't use the pass. Yes. You get, it does roll over to next okay. time. Okay. No, no, no. That, <laughs> that's not fun. Do I get to ask you all a question? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's I love see. That. <laughs> Who, what, I guess probably it's the more appropriate term. Who, what, name is the worst business that you've ever had to work with? Could be opposing to. I don't mind. That's easier. When you say worked with, do you mean on one side of the case or the other, mm-hmm. or what business that I'd go to the store and have an unhappy experience with? Nope. No, one the, that you've worked with worked and come with. across yep. in your tr- case load. Office Depot. Oh, and in case and in case that wasn't clear, O F F I C E D E P O T. So you don't like them. I do. I, Are you I a Staples fan. I, I, they were easily easily. Office, no, Office Max was merged. Office Depot bought Office oh, Max. I thought. What do I know? I was gonna say. I feel like I you don't Staples. see one of them. Yeah. No. A, a, absolutely. It's actually a interesting case. Um, Shocking. My my client was a combination of an investment firm and Selig Enterprises, mm-hmm. and they own a very large. Well, you're taking 75 North, mm-hmm. and there's a Walmart and an Office Depot and an Ulta on the side as you're passing it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're talking about there. And a company called Schoolbox opened a one, one-off one store. I've seen those. In, seen those? In, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're one store wide. Yeah. In the same shopping center. And they sell school stuff, teacher supplies, teachers. Work it's like a teacher's yeah. dream. Okay. 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 Why it's back, to it. Back like. in the corner, there are notebooks and pencils. Okay. Mm-hmm. Office Depot, acting under a clause in its lease, says, school box is a competitor of ours. Oh. We're not going to pay you rent. <gasps> now, that's a fairly extreme position. Over, yeah, notebooks and pencils. Because uh, over, doesn't, over, in a corner, doesn't Walmart. <laughs> we, we won. Mm-hmm. We won on appeal. Again, the case very – I mean I was asked to speak about it at a seminar. It was it was a pretty big case. The – during the case, there was a deposition of Office Depot witnesses. Mm-hmm. We go to their offices, not their lawyers' offices because they're going to have their people deposed to their offices. We go to a deposition. There's water on the table. There's this on the table. There's that on the table. There's no water. That's going to sound like a little thing. <laughs> it can, adds I, up. can I have some water? The cafeteria, the commissary is there. You can buy it. <gasps> oh, water. Like, man. Seriously. Again, OFF. <laughs> okay. I mean, mainly because of the positions they took in the case and how unreasonable they were through the entire case, but it's the water that stuck with me. Yeah. It's no way to be. It's exactly. Exactly. All right. Nice. Okay. Um, Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. You're just going to answer everything. You're so forthcoming. It's lovely. Um, 
You don't think this one? I'm highlighting this one. You don't think this one? Yep, that's where I'm going. Okay. But it can't be one he's already told us about. No, yeah, it's got to be different. It cannot be OFF. I see. Or the the China Taiwanese because yeah. that. Yep. What is the worst thing you've ever found out about a client during your time with them? It's like when you're doing your can, investigation. Can I anonymize this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. This is. 2003-ish, and we are at the end of the dot-com boom. Mm -hmm. My client is the CEO of a failed dot-com. Okay. A big failed dot-com? Not saying anything. If if it's it's failed, was it a big one? Not not, not, right. There were plenty then. Yeah, there were, there were, there were, it was not pets.com. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) If that's what you're asking. I was curious. Okay. This guy was friendly and gregarious and he took me to ball games he took me to nice restaurants we sat down we learned everything we could from him he was wonderful day before his deposition he calls me Mm-mm. says eric gotta tell you something oh no and i gotta tell you i wanted you to get to know me before I told you this. This probably has to be like an attorney's like worst nightmare to get oh, that there, call there, right there, there, the there's, night there's, before there's, there's, a deposition. There's no way this is good. Yeah. He said, I remember writing these words down. I engaged in a strategic omission with you. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Strategic <laughs> omission. So I lied to you. Th- that was one of the best euphemisms for lie yeah. I've ever heard. See, I'm, I'm, I'm writing that down. I know. I feel like, I feel like Bella's going to be using this with yeah. me. It's something she would say. Things to tell my spouse. I strategically omitted. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did not lie. I don't know what I you strategically would say. omitted it. <laughs> okay. The, what happened? I may have. Now, <laughs> meaning I. Yeah. Yes, I did, <laughs> did this. Received a million dollars that should have gone to the company. <laughs> Oops. He may have. May have. He may it, not it, it, have. It I mean, may it have been in his bank account. It may not have been in his bank account. Who, can, who, who can knows? Who can, who can so know? It's a million is, dollars, you know? I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, <laughs> a rounding error. So, yeah, that was a pretty easy question. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That whole time, I don't know who he you guys are picturing. He schmoozed you. I was picturing Jeeves from Ask Jeeves. I was thinking Ask Jeeves, too, when you said the dot-com like thing. Like little but, butler guy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, this is the last one Okay. You. Make it good. Make it a spicy one. Um, I think I'm just going to bring up an old one, but I feel like I'm going to go with that first question, I think. Okay, yeah. It's an oldie but a goodie. An oldie but a goodie. Leaving out a traffic violation because that's a boring man's answer, and we are not boring here nope. on the opening statements. Mm-mm. What was the last law that you broke? <laughs> <laughs> that means it's a good answer. No, that, that, that. You don't know why I'm laughing. No, we don't, but please tell so, us. There's this series of mystery novels by a guy named John McDonald. Okay. okay. And the lead character is a guy named Travis McGee. If you're from okay. Florida, you might know them. There's this scene where he goes into a restaurant and says, I need to speak to the manager. Well, why? I need to speak to him about the code violations. Guy goes back to get the manager. Travis's assistant says, how do you know there were code violations? Travis says, well, there are about 10,000 restaurant regulations, most of which conflict with each other, and there is no point in time that a restaurant is not in violation of some of them. 
So I ask you these questions. You ever thrown away a battery? You ever used too much Roundup in the pesticide mix? You ever download something you shouldn't have downloaded? Um, you understand what I'm saying yeah, here. Yeah, so which there, one there, are, there are a lot of laws. <laughs> and to, to say which one have you broken actually for me is easy. <laughs> because I break this law every time to go to every time I go to the beach. Okay. <laughs> what law is there to uh, Oh, that's a good law to Open container alcoholic beverage at the beach. At the beach. Oh, I have yeah. been, bring glass answer. or I have do, breaking like, been breaking that law since I was 16. <laughs> I think I that's another law. I, 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 <laughs> I think you're well, too. Not that at that point. I'm an old man, and when I was 16, the the the, the age was 18, which still breaks still, the law. Still, <laughs> still. That's a that was a good that's one. A good that's one. a good that's one. That's a great one. one. No, but, but that you're that, such a lawyer. All of our future guests so don't listen to his reasoning. Yeah, you know what we want to hear. <laughs> so you can't throw batteries away. I think I did know that you can't do like that. Just can't like do a batteries, like a Duracell, thro- like a triple A? Throwing paint away, throwing old electronics away. I do recycle paint. There, there are so many things that you do. And I, I'm not judging because I do them too. Um, <laughs> not me. That, <laughs> that <laughs> violate, um, you know, that, that, that violate laws as silly as the traffic laws that you Yeah, you, you, Oh, yeah. yeah. I love jaywalking, y'all. Uh, um, <laughs> the you know, best way to be a to do. pedestrian. <laughs> it, it, oh, the, 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 the other one that people don't think about is, you know that prescription your spouse had for such and such that didn't you, go through the whole bottle and you mm-hmm. kept it because you might need it and then you used it? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's a big one. Oh, I don't ever do that. I keep like, like I, 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 I know. Why are you all laughing? I literally would never. Like if I go if, get my own. If he gets like like a cough suppressant, like whatever that stuff is, I keep that stuff. Right. Everybody gets a cough. Like, but like, don't they give you a certain dosage amount based on like? It, but then you're cough. We're talking about the two left over. Yeah, I just don't know, guys. You can come up with so many of these laws. That you, you just you just how do, how do people answer that question? What what what, what do you uh, get? They, well, we, that's when we had to add in the traffic violation because it was speeding. Um, My least favorite. We've had it twice now, and I want to add it as a stipulation as well. Is if your kid steals something, that also I don't. Think oh, but that was a cute little story. It was. But a cute story. We had it twice though. Yeah, I but it know. was. It was like the kid grabbed something at the grocery store, you know, and the parent noticed like in the parking lot but was like eh we'll just walk away well, well since I answered all three correctly yep. you oh, yeah. what, what, what is the one thing you have expected lawyers to say that they have never said I Ooh. almost might flip it a little bit because every lawyer has said it and I have found it so interesting because I, I guess I wouldn't have thought it would be a big point every lawyer has touched on the be nice factor and it mm-hmm. has surprised me especially talking to like trial attorneys where yeah. you do you have this no vision brainer. of them in your head of like, like bulldogs yeah table at you i have yet to have a single attorney not mention yeah. being nice and it's really like made me fall in love with all of them like I i'm know. like it's just not what i would have expected it is weird i do like, i've said i think i said this before but i really want to get a lawyer that's like it's like a greasy i'm in you this know, for like, the money maybe yeah. <laughs> yeah but no everyone's been super Everyone, nice yeah. they always touch on like have you gotten the divorce lawyers not no, sorry <laughs> <laughs> we've had two and they both 
the same thing. That, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, I would say I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah. You expect like big ego, big personality. Oh no, no, I. That's there. We have a not uncovered. How do we uncover that? How do we? Un- yeah. Big ego. Have you not seen it today with gregarious stories no. and this and that and no. the other? Are you it, 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 no, you're just delightful. Your yeah. hand did not go on your hip one time there like you, you told me it would. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Well, we really appreciate you joining us on Absolutely my our pleasure. podcast. It's been it's our pleasure, truly. Like you've been incredible. Yes. Um, so thank you. We really appreciate having you here. Um, everyone listening, you guys can check us out at HyperChat Social on all the social medias. And just remember to please give us a five-star review everywhere you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to us right now. Um, and we will catch you next time. Case closed. Case closed.